CanCham quarterfinal round, Forge FC won, Atletico Ottawa won, lost in penalties, and match day five, Vancouver FC nil, Atletico Ottawa five. <laughs> one disappointment and then one absolute elation. Roller coaster of a ride. Let's just get into this. the official podcast of the Capital City Supporters Group. I'm Johnny MacArthur. I'm here with Patty Dornan every Tuesday all season long, giving you reactions, analysis, and hot takes. Patty, a bit of a more upbeat episode this week than last week. How are you feeling about this, Bubs? The boys are back, baby! The boys are back <laughs> in town, Johnny. What an incredible finish to the weekend. Yep. Oh, boy. Yep. Uh, we, just, we just went from a minus four GD in last place in the table to a plus one GD and fourth place in a single game. <laughs> we love it. We, lo- we love the GD swing because as a team that doesn't score a lot and, you know, somehow gets blown out like at least once or twice a season, uh, it's, it's good to bump that GD up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quite a comeback from the uh, from the Pacific game that we talked about last week, oh, yeah. which made us both very sad to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I didn't even really hate the CanChamps game. I think we both went into that being completely like ambivalent about how it would turn out. And yeah. yes, we lost, and we'll talk about it a bit later, but I, I don't think it was a particularly awful performance. I, I no. think that, you know, there were some good things to take away. And then obviously they built on that to go out and smash Vancouver uh, away at Langley Field. Yeah, you're right. Uh, um, you're absolutely right about building on that because it was kind of like, like you said, it wasn't, it wasn't incredibly impressive, but it was impressive uh, 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 to the point where like it clearly was a sort of trajectory that mm. led from our despair to what we did uh, in Vancouver. It was like a necessary building block. Yeah. Basically fixed a lot of the mistakes, I feel, from the Pacific game. Yeah, yeah. And we, we saw that last season and a little bit starting this season, too. It's, it's, it's that Carlos kind of slow role where he slowly builds into the, the strategy that he wants for the season. He slowly builds and builds the pieces in. Um, yeah. and, it, and while it can be frustrating as ATO fans to watch us, you know, get absolutely dumb, dummied on the field, um, <laughs> at least we have trust in Carlos that he will get us to where we need to be. It just, you know, we got to trust the process sometimes and we're all just a bunch of impatient people. No, exactly. And I think someone mentioned that last season after six games, we were two, two and two as well. So um, we're like we're one win away from being two, two and two again. Um, Yes. You know, with a blowout early on at home as well. It's kind of just uh, and and going out to the can champs and pens. It's kind of where everything is just repeating itself. So (laughs) You know what, though, if it's a 2022 repeat, I'm not going to complain about where we're going to end up at the end of the season. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I still have concerns about the six gap. I think we all do. While Miguel kind of, again, Band-Aid plastered over that position in Mm -hmm. the the game against uh, Vancouver, I, I, again... Seeing how well we played, it honestly, just kind of gassed me up. I think it gassed a lot of people up because we were all kind of in that swinging low of the Pacific game. And then to draw slash lose on pens at Can Champs, it was like, oh, like, oh, boy, we're going into the weekend. And like, yeah. let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh, that's that's the way it's going to be this season. I think I think we're we're starting to build back to where we want to be. And I mean. Wait, Johnny, what's that sound? Do you hear that? Do you hear that in the distance? (laughs) 
All aboard. <laughs> that, I'm pretty sure that's the hype train officially taking on passengers. Let's go. <laughs> man, ATO is back on track. But oh, <laughs> I love it, man. Like, honestly, watching that game, because I, I mean, it was it was played out in Langley. So for me, I would have had to get up at 430 in the morning to watch it. So yeah. instead, I just got up at, you know, that's seven cool. and completely ignored all the notifications on my phone. Didn't even look at my cell phone. Didn't open any computer screens. It was like immediately to one soccer on my TV um, and sat down. That's and, good you know, discipline. That is good screen oh, discipline right there. That's man. And I almost spoiled it for myself, too, because like I went yeah. to turn my alarm off and I saw I had a Facebook notification from like oh. one of the CCSG groups. I was like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. So, no, but I, I, I sat with my coffee and I watched the game. And man, what a man. These last couple of weeks have been just an absolute roller coaster, a yeah. roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> you know, 4 1 loss to Pacific at home, which arguably was our worst performance in, you know, yeah, maybe ever, the t- bottom three in club club history. <laughs> uh, heartbreaker loss to the Forge uh, on pens. Yeah. And then just a 5 0 thrashing of mm-hmm. the Vancouver FC at home. I kind of feel bad for them at this point because they still don't have a home win. And it's. You know, it's, it, it. I was worried that we were going to be it. And then as soon as, you know, we were 10 minutes into that game, I was like, oh, no, this is not. <laughs> there's absolutely no way we're going to throw this game. I mean, I say that, but ATO is, has been known to do that in the past. But um, I, like, I, feel, I felt I, good. I, feel I felt good. For them mostly because of, like, the injuries they sustained in that game. Oh, and, seeing like, Gabby Bitar go out, I was like, long oh. Time. Like, Gabby Bitar is probably going to be out a long time. And obviously, as we saw... You know, playing Mamadou Kane at like right back or center back or whatever it was, I was like, man, their their depth after their uh, after their starting eleven goes out really falls off a cliff. Yeah, so it's yeah. gonna take a lot for them to not be, you know, uh, an Edmonton twenty twenty one ATO sort of. I mean, I would, I would, I would, yeah, I would maybe compare them at this point to to like Halifax last year because they had a bunch of kind of key players get injured and then it was like mm-hmm. they, you're right they had no bench depth and then it was just like every team walked all over them all season which yeah. I loved but at the same time I felt bad for VFC because this is like their first season and yeah. yeah you're right man Kane or Kane just getting burned by Dos Santos every single play Constantly. I was like, like I know oh, <laughs> like, oh my god he can't even keep up with them yeah. um, so it was good no it was really good um, I, I I mean I think again you know we had the the Pacific match and then we had the Forge match which I would call a, a the start of recovery um and then just the certified beautician of a match against vfc uh, on the weekend just uh uh. it's like the three it was for me it's like the three stages of um this new uh shift style of play that culminated in the in the vancouver match we talked about it after the pacific match we're like you switched to a back four and then stuck Miguel on the right and Sacco on the left and that was just shambolic that was it was bad (laughs) it was real bad um but Against the Forge game, we had Neba on the left and we yep. had Womet on the right. And that kind of was just, that was the ticket. That was how yep. to make this idea work. This 4-3-3, sort of thing we've got going on. It's an interesting idea. The first shot at it was a failure. Uh, and then the next two were, I would say, overwhelming successes, even though in Forge we didn't win. But I mean, it was still like Neba was a revelation. Uh, everything just clicked so much more. And, you know, it's like this happened last season, too. The first couple of games, we were playing around with a couple of different things. We played Baloo Tablet at right wing back a few times. Uh, like, it just, uh, we played Zach Verhoeven at that, you know, inverted left winger a few mm-hmm. times. It took us a bit of, a bit of, a few games to really get into our groove. And I feel like with Vancouver, we got into our groove. Yeah. We got our yep. thrashing out of the way. We got our, our, you know, three, four, five different formations out of the way. And now we're sitting pretty. 
now we're sitting pretty. Um, yeah, I, I would I would agree. I mean, I think that Carlos is known for this, where he will try experiment. I'm going to call them quote unquote experimental um, changes yeah. to the lineup. Um, and I think in this case. Yeah, he just did what Carlos does, where he tries things, and when they don't work, he doesn't necessarily throw the baby out with the bathwater. He kind of just mm-hmm. tinkers a little bit, yeah. swaps out a couple of players, maybe does instead of a four two or four four two, he'll do a four one four one, which he did in this game. So things like that, where it's just minor changes that you know you don't have to revolutionize the team when they, the the pieces are there. It's just figuring out how they go together in the puzzle, um, and I think that comparing the game against Pacific and then the, the can champs game. And then this game, like, Oh man, the puzzle is together. It is together. Um, I I loved it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, to me, it was like a textbook clinic on, on how to break up a team's defense. Um, we're all here for it. (laughs) It was, it was just classic ATO, just absolute dominating counterattacks. Oh my God. They were so brutal. (laughs) Like watch it. I felt bad. Honestly, towards the end of the game, I felt bad for VFC because I was just like, I just, as much as I want to score more goals, I'm like, like at what point do we hit the kill switch and like just kick the ball around? That, you know? that for that for Hooven goal was like the most textbook ATO goal you'll ever see. Mm. Like it was their free kick, and then it, and then you know with about five touches up the pitch, it's in the net. Yeah, yeah, it was their free kick, and then it came in off the throw, and he like turned essentially like behind the defender, and it was like he wasn't even there. And then he puts it short side on on Callum Irving. I was like, oh boy, like. Are oh, you talking about the Verhoeven goal? I'm, or, talking, about yeah. the, I'm talking about oh, the Verhoeven goal. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, we'll that talk was, about that was, later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. I mean, it was there. For, it was oh, there you're talking about the Verhoeven goal. I'm second. talking about the Verhoeven goal. Yeah, it was. So it was there. For oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We literally went one end of the pitch to the other, and then you know, oh, Verhoeven yeah. hits the first touch. It was literally like five, six touches until it was from that one side of the pitch to the other, and then the I mean, it, it helped because all it helped for Ollie's cross because it was perfectly weighted. Like yeah. it basically stuck right to his foot on that. So, um, but you know, you've heard us us talk about it. Let's uh, let's hear what Carlos had to say uh, after the game. I'm very happy for them, you know, I think that they understood really well what we wanted today, uh, finding the spaces in which we thought that uh, the other team had the weakness and uh, today we were clinical, today we were solid, we were competitive, so great individual performance and great team performance. They know that they can be important from the bench, they can be these impact players that the team need. So I think it's very important that we have, well, uh, 23 players that are convinced in what we are doing and, and they are in a, in a good moment. I'm very happy, especially for the fans and especially for, for the players because uh, the fans are doing a great job every single day and the, and the players are working so hard, so very, very happy for them. Yeah, so Carlos, I mean, humble as always. Um, it's funny because like, I feel like every, anyone else would be ecstatic and it's clear like he's happy for the fans of the team, but he just kind of calmly is like, yes, we did good. And I'm like, man, like, that, like uh, after that performance, I'm, I'm bathing in the Carlos Kool-Aid, man. I've got a bathtub full of it. It's it's I'm fully I'm back on I'm back on board along with everyone else. <laughs> I like I like it. I like that attitude from him because he had a long way to come back after the few games before that, you know, the York game yeah. and then the Pacific loss. So it was a long way back from that. And he recognizes that. And, you know, as much as winning 5-0, and I'm gonna, this might sound a little, you know, Debbie Downer-ish, but as much as winning 5-0 is amazing, I'm not going to call a thrashing of Vancouver as, you know, a watershed moment in our fortunes changing. No, no, it was very, not. It was a very good performance, but it was Vancouver. You know, yeah. like it was, it was, it was hopeful, and, and, and we showed some really good stuff, and it's an obvious, uh, uh, you know, uh, indicator of the future of how we're going to be playing. But it's still an injury-riddled Vancouver playing yep. their second never home game. 
So while not a massive indicator of where we're, our potential is this season, it's more of a, oh, wow, okay, let's, let's do this again and see how it fares. You know, the, the test against Cavalry is going to be the real test, I think. I would agree, I would agree with that. I think that, the, that we're at the point now where he's, he's got the, like, the final draft and we're about to like submit it to the professor, you know, like, that's, we're a, like, yeah, that's like a pretty <laughs> apt metaphor. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. So, so I'm, I'm excited to see how we use what we learned on, on the weekend against cavalry. I mean, traditionally we're, we're cavalry's kryptonite a little bit, so we've mm. got that in our corner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where we end up uh, at the end of, you know, what we're talking about next week, I guess on this podcast. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess. So, yeah, obviously we're going to go into key stats and stuff. It's pretty obvious that we're going to talk far more about the Vancouver game than about the Forge game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe we get, maybe we get the Forge game out of the way right quick right now and just sort of you know, it it was it was almost the opening act of the Vancouver game as as far as, you know, our emotionally how we felt about both of the games, about tactically how we played and how the performances sort of ended up. Yeah, I think the the, the Forge Atletico game was a, a bit of kind of back to the basics and i think we had to do that after the the game against pacific yeah um we went back to our our possession or possession minus style of play where we kind of absorb pressure and we let them come to us yeah. <clears throat> you know so it was 60 40 possession split um i that's expected I think, you know it's forged. yeah exactly but also do i think forge or us played a particularly good game i don't honestly yeah. i think that kyle becker scoring in 76 minutes was expected i think we all expected force to score on us at least once probably yeah. more um yeah. and then the uh, the ollie bassett pen which was a clear pen uh, and then it was funny i don't know if you saw the the video reaction of bobby smirniotis after oh being like where's God. he's like where's the handball <laughs> and i'm like bro like, do you do you have eyes like anyone on anyone on the field or, or watching in the stance that could see that that was like a clear handball dude watching that i was like okay first of all can we just say that bobby smirniotis is the most complainy coach in the history oh of my this god league? like yes. the most crybaby complainy coach that we have just yeah. seeing his face, you know, makes me cringe because I know he's going to bitch about something. Yeah. But yes, but saying where was the hand? Okay, one, this isn't a video <laughs> review league. Two, if it was, they're not going to show you the screen. <laughs> good point. That's a good point. <laughs> and I mean, we're talking about one of the most blatant handball pens that you're ever liable to see. Hand is like up, like bent, like next to the guy's head. Like, yeah. come on now. Yeah, yeah. so again, I, I think it was, it was definitely a clear pen. Obviously, Ollie Bassett buried it because it's Ollie Bassett, and the, you know the, the ginger. We say that, and then the shootout happened. <laughs> uh, I don't even, man. Like before the shoot, before the shootout, can we talk about how Sammy Salter almost fucking chipped Tristan Henry from the halfway he line? He did, and how like and that he had been to, the most glorious arrival on the scene of, of any player. Could you, could you imagine if that was the case, and we managed to knock off Forge in the semis with a Sammy Salter goal? <laughs> <laughs> with that Sammy Salter yeah, goal, yeah, a little little chip over i i have to give tristan i mean i'm not a huge tristan henry fan oh, i think he played, he's, a, he played a game didn't I, I think he's overrated <laughs> but i do think he had a really good game yeah um so and that save really kind of saved them yeah. i would say from from getting a loss on this one thanks for showing up for that one in particular bro yeah yeah <laughs> but uh 
let's talk about a part of that game that no one showed up for, and that yeah. was the penalty shootout. That was one of, I mean, we talked about this before <laughs> recording, but probably genuinely the worst penalty shootout I've ever seen in my life. That was yeah. truly, truly awful from both teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just watching like shot after shot get rifled over the net or directly yeah. at the keeper. And I was like, oh, my God. And then watching Sam Salter not score on a penalty. I'm like, bro, you were the pen merchant last year. You scored exactly. a bajillion pens for Halifax. Why can't you put one in for us, man? We have photoshops. <laughs> we have merchant we marine pen merchant photoshops. <laughs> and then the and first, the first professional pen you decide to miss is the yeah. biggest one. And not even yeah. by a little bit. Not even by a little bit. It was by a lot. <laughs> so. And the fact that most of these misses in this shootout as well from both sides weren't even good saves. They were just no. blasting it over the bar or like hitting the <laughs> post or something. I was like, what? For, for Forge, it was that juju. Like they, 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 I believe this was the first pen uh, shootout they've ever actually won in their yes, history. Yes, I think it is. I'm they've been sure, in yeah, multiple and they lost all of them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we've obviously never won. It was only our second one ever. So... That one was really sort of disappointing to watch. I was obviously for me that that was a great coaching performance and just an absolutely horrendous player mentality <laughs> yeah, finish, performance. Yeah. Seeing seeing those pens and being like, okay, like were you? It was it was almost after the end of it. I was almost like, okay, you know, we lost that before we even took the first spot kick. Other than Luke Singh, all of those yeah. pens were absolutely abhorrent and yep. like <laughs> just showed mental, you know, weakness. I, I was kind of upset, really. I went off in the group chat afterwards. Obviously, I don't feel strongly about it anymore, but at the time, I was very disappointed. Yeah, I almost feel like that's an area that maybe, I don't want to say has gotten left behind, but like because we're running such a complex counterattack style of play, obviously, you only have so much time to practice <clears throat> different, you know, techniques and strategies and formations in a, in a game. And, you know, maybe pens for us, didn't really make the cut because you know they don't happen very often you get them in the can champs basically and then like playoffs which um, is rough because if that's the case it's like that's pretty textbook like coming up to a knockout tie training like you should be doing a couple hours of pens in the week leading up to it because yeah, you know that's what a might good happen point. yeah that's a good point but uh, you know they were also coming off your, off of a 4-1 loss to pacific yeah. and yeah. a lot of work needed to be done i think in other places on the field so yeah maybe it got yeah. left, left behind who knows? But yeah. either way, it was a bit of a snoozer of a game. Um, and then the the you know we got to watch the dumpster fire inside a train wreck that was that that, uh, that shootout. Yeah. So yep, yeah, as I said, it kind of disappointed in the end result. But honestly, it was sort of. I didn't hate the very, game. I didn't hate ta- the game. No, tactically, it was an important step forward yeah. to this certified beautician as you said game that happened a few days later let's uh, let's, let's let's get into the nitty-gritty about this vancouver let's, game i mean yeah i agree i mean first before we jump into the stats i just want to get this out of the way sammy salter get in get in son. salt is get on the right table baby <laughs> <laughs> the boy finally bagged a goal perfect placement by assy I honestly, I really hope this is the start of what I'm going to call the Sam Salter sense, the renaissance of Sam Salter. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome because I loved how promising he looked all game. He mm. bagged that goal and then he definitely scored a second goal with the, you know, improperly called off. Oh, we will say just, that. Yeah, it was, and it was almost the, the spitting image of that same goal as well. They just I know it was like literally like carbon and, copy. And then, yeah. you know, and the he was F-tier. like a good foot, two feet on side. Like I was, just yeah, a so call it's in. just the, the F tier officials of Canada soccer. Yeah. Um, but either way, you know what? We're happy for you, Sammy. Can't wait to see more of you this season, which I never thought I would say mm-hmm. if you had asked me this two weeks ago, I would have been like, absolutely not. 
you should, actually, I did say that. I'm pretty sure I said he should be on the bench for a little longer. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, we, but we've, you know what? We've been going hard on this kid though, though, this whole season. So, so again, far, maybe he's just part of the after the whistle, you know, the after the whistle. Fuck, That's the it? redemption arc. Yes. The redemption. Yeah, the after the whistle. Right, it happens. Redemption I mean, program. Let's be, yeah. let's be real here. He did really well against Forge as well. He didn't. He came on at the end, had that ship that almost went in. And also, you know, uh, had the chance that led to the penalty. He was the one that yeah. took the shot that yeah. went off the arm. And then he and then he like does the 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 the, the diving header after the whistle blew as well. He was yeah. like on the ground. I was like, okay, like he clearly needs, wants, is desperate to get this first goal, and he's well, clearly man, I, trying I, out there. And what yeah, what I, I want the chip on his shoulder. Well, that's just it. And, and so I mean, um, Patrick Gibson mentioned this in his article how, and I was I had the same uh, thought as well. I was like, I was worried that Sam Salter was going to be another in a long line of awful, <laughs> awful strikers <laughs> that we have had at this club. Going back pretty, to our first season, Maxim Koval, zero goals. Second season, Raul Uche, Uche zero yeah. goals. <laughs> Vladimir Morgrega, one goal penalty. Also second season, Jean-Claude Lawson, zero goals. Oh, yes, goals. I forgot about Lawson, yeah. Third, <laughs> third season, yes, Vladimir Morgrega, zero open play goals, one penalty goal. But then, and, and in the case of players like Morgrega and Uche, you also got the impression that they didn't care and they no. weren't trying very hard, and that's why they never broke through. But with Sammy, as much as we were constantly complaining about him, putting him through the ringer, you could tell that he was truly, you know, working his hardest and giving it his yeah. all and wanted to get that first goal and watching him r- worm around on the ground in front of the forge net, trying to just get one single touch on that ball before the pen was given to us. I was like, okay, like this dude wants it and he wants it bad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So, you know what, again, my hat's off to Sam. I think he had a great, a great game. Um, you know, maybe he made my list. Who knows? I guess you'll have to wait another 10 minutes to find out. <laughs> we'll see. Here uh, I am just like gushing <laughs> on and on about this dude. We even Johnny's like, I yet. love Sam Salter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, yeah, for that game, I mean, I honestly don't think I've ever seen ATO systematically dismantle a team as hard as they just did against VFC. Defense, near perfect, midfields, wingbacks, strikers. Everyone was just like firing on all cylinders yeah. the entire game. Yeah. Um, when we started the second half, I actually was like thinking to myself, I was uh, you know, it was like watching a CPL side play like a drunk Sunday rec team. I was just like, at no point was I worried, except yeah. maybe that set piece that I was like, oh, here's here we go. This is this is how oh, we're gonna kick. Yeah, no, I was just so yeah. ready for that to go in, dude. Like, I was yeah. like, yep, here's gonna be our like third or fourth set uh, uh, free kick conceded of the season. But, but unlike unlike normal ATO, the wall all jumped <laughs> together. No one ducked their head or crouched or anything, and the ball went directly into the wall. And then, had, all yeah. together as yeah, and then he had all jumps together as he had St. Miguel laying do. down behind them, which was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> to watch him like lay down and like cover his face. Oh, the classic, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it was good. Um, you know, you saw classic four, one, four, one, um, Acosta in the six, which again, I, I wasn't thrilled with, but at the same time, I don't think he did anything particularly egregious in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I would call it like a decent a decent six. It's not what we need, but it's what we've got. It's not. I, it's I not. Think. It's not what we need, and it's and it's weird because like if you look at both the Forge game and the Vancouver game, and you look at some of his stats, uh, and I mean they're not awful, but they're not particularly impressive. No, you know that's what I mean. mean like, it's kind of um, just middling. Well, exactly. It's middling. Accurate passes for for Forge was seventy four percent. For Vancouver was ninety one percent, which is very good. But you look at some of the defensive stats, like one tackle, one against Forge. One block, only one out of three ground duels won. Against Vancouver, um, he's at zero tackles won. 
uh, two out of seven ground duels won. Like some of these defensive stats are just not, not the best. Yeah. But yep. um, but I mean, you know, he did, he did the job, and we'll talk about the back line and how different that looks later on. But um, it like you said, it's clearly not what we need, but it's like it's, what it's we clearly got. been good enough for what <laughs> you know. I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I, and I mean, it it also it also I think helped that. B, like BFC couldn't generate anything offensively. I think that yeah. helped us tremendously. Yeah. They were completely confused and disjointed the entire match, which was awesome. No, they had uh, that. They had that chance. Um, was it Hundal or Batar that was running uh, off the left, and uh, Luke Singh was following him, and then he basically uh, restricted him to just you know taking a sort of wild shot with his off foot that went over. Oh yeah, that. I think that was Hundal. I think it was Hundal. <clears throat> but that but was yeah. like, I was worried about that one. I was like, oh damn, like we're we're probably gonna suck one here. But uh, but also that was my that was my like I think that Luke Singh needed a redemption play <laughs> after the foul. So I was like, okay, you know what? You're back. And you're you're not on my not on my like you know garbage list you're 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 off that one after after stopping that one so speaking of patrick's article he also mentioned a really good thing about that play he's like um he said it was very mature because it looked yeah. like he was going to give him a clumsy foul and i was expecting that too i was like he's going to well, especially this after guy. the clumsy foul like whatever 15 minutes before that or whatever it was i was like he is going to give him he's he's looking like he's going to grab him in the arm pull him back get a card or knock him over and foul him but instead he held off in the last second he held off instead jockeyed him more to the outside yep. and cut his cut down his angle and then made him take that low percentage shot. And I was like, yes, that is what we love to see. That's from a good center back. Yeah, that's 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 classic, you know, CB CB action on a ball like that. Like, yes, we we saw him draw a really stupid foul um, and try it one way. And then I think maybe he realized that that was not the way he should have played that. And it almost cost us. And I don't when I say almost cost us, I mean, I just think that it's <clears throat> it's it's a risky play when they got that foul and where they got that foul from. Yeah. For for us, especially because we are notorious for giving up on set pieces. Yeah. And so maybe that's it was a little bit of a wake up call for him early in the game to say, like, hey, man, if you're going to challenge someone in that area, especially when they're pressing to the net, mm-hmm. maybe take a second and, and make a more mature play. And jockey them, yeah, like like you said, to the outside where you get a a, a low angle shot. That, yeah, exactly. You know, even if you get it on net, Sean Melvin's going to save it. Yeah, concede a low percentage shot before making the tackle if you're not absolutely sure you can make the tackle and not foul. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's exactly. like you know that it's it sounds like one oh one, but I mean that split second decision making is what separates a good center back from a great center back from a bad center back. So yeah, it's good to see him maturing. It's good to see him, you know, be an actual sort of integral partner starting 11 considering you know I, i'm not the only one that would say i was a bit worried about his signing after what happened in edmonton the year before but uh yeah and we've seen we've seen him uh especially in the pacific game like i think two of those goals were were er- were not completely his fault but were were off of luxing errors in the, in the cbs that led to them putting a ball in the net so mm-hmm. i think all of us were kind of a little bit you know we're wringing our hands a little bit like where is this <laughs> going to go um so it is nice to see that while i don't think luxing is fully there yet i think he's finally on track with the rest of the the defensive line to put out exactly what we need this season yeah, and I like it, and I actually just to jump in the defensive line right now off of that because it's 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 good to see him become center back starting material because as we've seen these last two games, two of our depth two, our other two depth center backs are now just shining as as defensive left backs and defensive right back. Yeah. So <laughs> you know we started four natural center backs across our back four, and I kind of love it. Um, yeah, a I lot agree. actually. I, a I lot. agree. 
I yeah, think Carlos I think knows what he's was, doing with those. Yeah, four, that's the thing, and yeah. it is, he he nailed it. He absolutely yep. friggin' nailed it. Um, and I'm loving the way that having two very defensive fullbacks is allowing our left wingers and our right wingers, you know, more freedom. What what, what the the problem with the Pacific game was that you know we had Sacco playing as a left back, and he is not defensively very good at all. So. When you're not, when you're playing four at the back and you don't have that extra coverage of an extra center back and your fullback is like bombing forward like that, mm-hmm. you'll just get exposed. Same on the right side with Miguel Acosta. It was sixes yeah. and sevens. It was a shambles. But having really defensive stay-at-home fullbacks let Assi move forward way more than he could have before. Um, it gave it freed up a lot of space for DeSantos, and it also makes when Sacco comes in, he can play left wing. That's what he did yeah. against Forge as well. He doesn't have to be a fullback. He can just be a winger. And I think that that's where Sacco shines more so than where he was yep. in, in that in that blowout because yep. we saw shades of, of Sacco in that game where he was just getting dummy defensively all the time for the mm-hmm. entire game. But then you see him when he's a little more forward, a little more aggressive, a little more offensive. I mean, he's he's fast. He's super fast and good on his feet. So I would rather have him pressing offensively up the wings than sitting back and watching him attempt his best to defend. Because I I also don't think like I mean, sat when you compare Sacco and Neva in terms of like physical presence and size, it's like, oh, boy, like that's not even a competition. Like watching Neva just push people off the ball. I know. Um, And so, again, I think that every team needs different types of players. Yeah. Um, and I think that Sacco and Neba both have roles on on this team. I just mm. think that Neba is much more suited to that big, strong man, far left press out defensive defensive role than than Sacco was. Yeah, and obviously we really wanted to do a back three with wingbacks sort of uh, uh, style, and that's what we did yep. at the beginning of the season. And it just wasn't really clicking yet. So if we're going to do like a straight defensive back four and it allows someone like Sacco and someone like Tissot to actually play like left midfield. Oh, yeah. That's going to be without having to be defensive at all. That's going to be like a bit of a game changer. I think so. Because, you know, now you've now you've got Neba on the left. You've got Espeo on the left center back. And you also have a six that's Mm -hmm. there to cover for you if you get burned defensively in any way. Yeah, and I think that that is part of what enabled Miguel Acosta to to fill that role because I I don't think again I still don't think he's a natural six. Um, I don't think anyone thinks that. No. But I think the fact that we had Neba and we met on the on the outsides of a four four fullbacks mm-hmm. really took the pressure off of the six where you could play a decent game and it wouldn't matter at that point. Like I'm not saying that you know Miguel did things that didn't matter because I do think he had some some brilliant plays. Mm-hmm. I just think that it took just a little bit of the pressure off um, and allowed us to play our game and move the ball a little bit better than we did in the previous two games. Yeah, it's it's basically you know as a, as pragmatic as a manager as Cargo is, and we talk about how it takes a few games to sort of figure the squad out and get mm-hmm. into a position you want to be. And now I feel like this sort of def- not def- I feel like this four one four one with like you know defensive fullbacks is really sort of playing to the strengths of our current squad. Yep. And I mean, yep. to the point where like, you know, I, I think, you know, who used to be our left back depth is now f- perfect for our left wing, left midfield depth. And someone like Gianni DeSantos, even if he, even if he's part of that left wing, he, he could, he's also can play right wing. We've seen that before. He can be right yep. wing depth, you know, and Carl Howarth can be right wing depth as well. If he, he doesn't sure want to be defensive, because if he can have yep. one mid- defend- defensive behind him, he can bomb up his more, uh, more as well. So, yeah, so I think this plays more, far more to the sort of style of player we have in our squad. Yeah, and I, I think agree. we're going to see this formation a lot more often because it's, it's worked. 
the which past two I games. am okay with yeah. <laughs> at this point. I love it. Um, yeah. So, so the game thirteen. We had thir- okay. So we had thirteen shots, six on target, and four blocked. So basically, ten of our shots were either on or around target, um, blocked by VFC players. Compare that to Vancouver's how many did they have? How many shots six, on target did they have? Six shots. Zero on target, uh, five off target, uh, one blocked. Oh, yes. <laughs> and we had four big chances time. and we missed none of them. Which four big was... chances, man. That is like, we never do. We never have four big chances. <laughs> no. And, and, and even if we did have four big chances, I would be like, if I was a betting man, I'd be like, well, they, they maybe, if they were lucky, made two of them. Yeah. Maybe. And well, to go four for four, like, four. Uh, uh, uh. Four for four. Masterpiece. Maybe. Masterpiece. No, it was. Um, yeah, Bassett's goal, excellent. Uh, and man, seeing him do Taha's celebration. Do the Taha celly. Show bro, it to that Taha, was, man. Permanent like, invitation ugh. with you and your family. Come to the dub. Come to the watch parties. What if we Yes, you are always you are always welcome with CCSG. Honestly, mm. for those of you who don't know, um, during the Mother's Day match, um, there's this little boy, Taha, uh, who was paired with Ollie Bassett, uh, which was his favorite player. Um, he's hoping to get paired with him, and I guess he got paired with him for the pregame. Um, he put, spent some time with him playing knock around, and then, he asked, and then Ollie asked him, like, oh, is there a celebration? he wanted to do and he like demonstrated this great little celebration and then all he gets a banger of a like goal a 360 this, version of like the ronaldo yeah, thing yeah the ronaldo exactly and then uh, all he gets a banger of a goal and just <laughs> goes off first he shushes the crowd and then yeah. he just like goes off to this and guy's like celebration it. or like toss <laughs> celebration so um i think it's cool man like i think it, it it's it's stuff like this that like i even said it to my wife and she's like oh my god that's the cutest thing ever i'm like i know yeah. like I, I think it's 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 stuff like this that connects the club with the supporters and you know, it, it builds like a lifelong love of the sport. Um, you and I both know like that, like that little boy is never going to forget seeing one of his like football heroes do his celebration in a professional match after scoring a, a goal. Like that's yeah. going to be, that's like a, that's like core memory for him unlocked for sure. yeah. in his brain forever. Um, and it's awesome to see his family super happy about it too. I think his dad said it in, in, in a, in a you know, little clip afterwards that, you know, he had tears in his eyes and stuff, um, which I think is really awesome. So, um, to, to him and, and his family, you guys are always welcome at any of the events, any of the games, come down to the dub, come to the GCP. Um, awesome. Awesome. You are a part of this family that we have built together and train Taha at six so that in, uh, <laughs> in about 10 years, he can, uh, he can start for a... <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, it was no, beautiful, and he loves things no, like that. Like you see, I love you know, to see it, man. We, we saw like uh, I think there was a famous like Saudi Amaya did the same thing. Jack Grealish did the same thing. Like seeing these players do like these celebrations and remembering it. I mean, obviously, yeah. Ollie didn't have to remember it too long because he scored eight minutes into the next game. But <laughs> <laughs> true, true, it's a good point. Well, no, there was the Can Champs game that he also scored. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's right. Because this was after the Pacific game, wasn't it? Yeah. But you know, it's it's better. I think it's better that he did in this game, honestly. Because yeah, just oh my god, it was just so it was so cool to watch. It was great. Um, and the goal itself know, was a beaut too. I mean, like that near post goal. It was almost like a mirror of the goal he scored against Forge, against Forge, against Forge. in the draw yeah. last season. It was. You know, it, was yeah. it wasn't a draw, Johnny. That's when we beat them one nothing. No, the one nothing was a free kick. Was it? Yep, oh, you're right. It was. Yeah. Oh, game. yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, either way, it was it was literally like it that's was a, the that's same. A, yeah, that's a textbook Ollie goal. The honestly, give and go, and then side. she got it from the from the close angle. And it's yeah. I love that he had the balls to try it from there because there was like two players in the box he could have cut. I know. <laughs> and I was like, did. Nah, he this, did in the next big he did later, chance that yeah. we had, and I was like, oh, you should have just taken it again. But uh, he tried to cut it back to Sammy, and then uh, Sammy missed it or whiffed it or something like that. Whatever happened, but um, yeah. 
Yeah. No, no it was goal. good. Um, goal. Yeah. So that was good. Uh, and then, you know, we had probably one of my favorite additions to the squad this year, Jean Daniel Lassie. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that cut layoff pass where he just like, he, he does this thing where he like, puts his foot on the ball and kind of just like wiggles it back and forth. And yeah. it always, it always screws up the defender. It's, ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, and I've then, seen Alfonso Davies do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And then he, and then he'll, he'll toss it with his foot just far enough that he can get to it before they can catch yep. up to him. Yep. And it was just, and then he, and then he cut it to Sammy like directly to his foot. And I was like, ah, oh, this brilliant, brilliant, it was brilliant. brilliant. It was, it was perfect. And seeing yep. him like <laughs> seeing him with, with pink cleats do like three step overs before doing that as well. If I'm like a f- defender, I'm like you month. Like I, I am <laughs> And it, the best part is it's like this, like 18 year old boy. Dude, oh, exactly. Like exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm 18. You suck. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I loved Sammy's positioning for that. And it shows no, he was, something he was, that he can be a lead at is as far as being a number nine and a striker. And yeah, uh, Ian Hugh mentioned on the broadcast as well. He's like for him to pause his run at like the Just last second. Enough. Yep. Yeah, it was perfect to, to, to be open and then receive that pass was we, yeah. we need we need to see more of this. We need yes, to see yeah. more of it. Yeah, and I think you could see it on Sam's face when he scored too, because like I think he was like, "Oh, yes. oh he's relieved. You know, for sure. I've arrived." Yeah, <laughs> like, and you know what? I think we yeah. will see more of this if we keep playing Wimet at right back. So then Asti mm-hmm. will get because obviously we've seen him burn defenders, but we've seen him having to carry the ball from further back to burn defenders, and then that ends in him having to like take a cross because yep. that's as far up as he's made it by the time it's time to yeah. do something with it. Whereas now he can go all the way to the to the byline, <laughs> yeah, and, and then true. cut it back from there. The far more dangerous position for him to be in. No, agreed, agreed. So, and, and the yeah, fact like that just, it literally did work again in the second half just shows that, like, okay, this is a good formula. Yep. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, and then you had the Verhoeven goal, which was like uh, just another man that counterattack. Uh uh that that Ollie touch to get around the defender on the run too, and then leave him in the dust. I was like, what the hell? Like, what are you on? What <laughs> yeah, are you I, on? I, I, what are you playing at? And we thought that you had reached your final form last year. Like, no, <laughs> dude's already on three goals. I know it's nuts. Two and, goals yeah, and two goals, assists. Two assists. Yeah. <laughs> Which like, is, are you and we're five me, games into the four games into the season. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. So it was good. Um, and then you know the super sub uh, and other Verhoven. Uh, who honestly it was cool. So the, there's like a traveling dub essentially in Langley, which was which was sick because yeah. I think our both Verhovens, Verhoven and Verhoven are both from BC. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. Yeah. I, Zach is from Burnaby, I believe. Verhoven. Yeah. Has, I think he's just from Vancouver. I'm not completely sure, but. Yeah, yeah, well, regardless, so two, two, two BC boys yeah. and seeing like 30 people in the crowd all with like Verhoeven or Verhoeven jerseys. I was yeah. like, this is amazing. Dude, it's literally, I, th- yeah. I think they called it the, 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 the VUB, the, v- the, like, <laughs> the Vancouver dub, which was amazing. The VUB. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, like, baby. bro, like watching that throw. So they came on and then 90 seconds later, there was that throw in and yeah. he just cut back behind uh, Kane. And just and then he came came in, cut into Callum Irving, and then went short side, which I didn't even see coming. No, because the gap between chaos. Callum Irving and the, the near post was so small, yeah. and it was absolute chaos. And then you know, less than two minutes later, Bahus scores that goal off of Verhoeven and assist. And I was like, yeah. what? What just happened? <laughs> you just we came brought on, on and got a goal and assist in like subs. five minutes. <laughs> I know we brought on two subs and they scored within like three minutes scored. of being on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I sent a screenshot to my wife because I was watching the game. And mm-hmm. She was like out uh, and she left when it was like two nothing going yeah. into halftime. And I sent her a screenshot when it was five nothing. She's like, what the hell happened? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like we subbed on Zach Verhoeven and, yeah. and Boos. That's Verhoeven's, what happened. No. It was, but you know, that, so yeah. that Verhoeven goal was like, I know in the pre in pre, before the Pacific game, I was like, he's going to want to start starting. 
and we should start starting him. But I mean, <laughs> look, now you're like, no, no, the you're proof, not. The proof continues to be in the pudding that throwing this dude on against tired legs is like a cheat code. Like he just <laughs> ran around those defenders as if they were pylons. He's like, whoops, sorry. Excuse me. And then like watching just the look of absolute defeat on Callum Irving's eyes when that oh, ball no, went exactly. past him. He was just like, just like you oh. got to be kidding me, right? Like, <laughs> He's like, game over, bro. Game you over. Let, you let this dude just run in here off of the, the, the throw in. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was brilliant. I love it. He is like a cheat code, and it's it's pretty sweet it's for us to keep him. So you know what? Keep him as a super sub. I think that that's an excellent excellent position for him Why to play in this, in this formation. I mean, especially when we have the bench depth to do it. Like, well, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I'm sure. Obviously, like we say, everyone wants to start and play all the games. But I mean, you're also getting goals and assists even being a super sub. So you're stat padding, bro. True. True. Maybe you won't be so upset to do to play that role. Yeah, people look at his stats and be like, oh my god, look at all this. <laughs> it's yeah. like, he did this in, in in this many minutes? That's crazy. Oh no, the goal the goal per minute stats are about to be about to be brazy. Yeah, they're, they're good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll touch very briefly on it because, um, again, I don't want to belabor it at all. Um, I normally like Carly Shaw McLaren mm-hmm. uh, in the past. I don't know what happened with that red card. So, from what I gather... Yeah, the ball like, the ball went into our dugout, and then David Galan picked it up to to hand it back to someone. I think it was Sandoval. It was Sandoval, yeah. I believe he thought that our coach, our assistant coach, David, not a kit man like they said on the broadcast, and everyone keeps saying, he's, David Galan is an assistant fitness coach. Yeah, um, I believe it was it was thought that he was like trying to keep the ball away and waste time, and then so the the referee. Uh, there was a little bit of lip reading going on. She was saying, you can't touch it. You can't do that or whatever. And then sent him off because she thought he was, you know, but, keep, but playing keep away and shit housing and holding onto the ball. When in reality, it's like, what is why He literally would, just handed the ball and was giving it back to him. But also, wasn't it like three nothing at that point? I mean, I get it. You can't, as a coach, you can't hold on. Like you see managers but not I, even touch it for that reason a lot. Like you can't hold onto it and keep it away from a player. But I think saying that he was doing that was a stretch. That's yeah, absolutely I, not what he was doing. We won't, I, I we're agree. not that type of club. We're not that and type also, of team. And also watching Sandoval like push him after that. I was well, that's like, just, and then get a yellow. You can't be pushing a coach. Yeah. yeah you can't I, be pushing I, an opposing coach. Like if you're going to give, if you're going to send the coach off, like honestly, I think Sandoval probably deserved to go off as well. As, so as terrible as, well. as it is to say, like, I think that again, you're right. You can't be pushing a coach the same yeah. way you can't be touching the ball if you're a coach. And then it was funny because I think a couple minutes later, the ball went towards our dugout or whatever. And I, I remember just seeing Carlos with his hands behind his back and the announcers <laughs> were like, not well, I don't think it. anyone's touching the ball now. <laughs> Coming yeah. in, I'm not touching it. But yeah, I mean, I think is, the absurdity of the situation is really highlighted by how quickly and how long Drew Becky was in the official's ear for afterwards being like, listen, I don't know what you think you saw happen, but this is what just happened. Like, this is yeah. absolutely not a sending off. No, I mean, exactly. Every, you, know, I, you can't, there's no video review. You can't rescind a red card, but. But that's, but I think that's part of the problem of, of the, the referees and the officiants right now, especially this season. Like we've seen it multiple times, including uh, a pen against or a pen against Halifax. Um, this week, as well as this call. So like, you know, giving, giving foul or giving a pen or giving a red card, it's, it's just like, it's almost immediate. And I, I would much rather see a head referee confer with their assistant referees or the linesman and then make a call. Cause like, you know what? No one's going to care if you take 30 seconds or a minute to like talk with the other referees. We've seen this happen. 
Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But it keeps happening. Yeah. And we bitch about the refs in the league all the time. And you and I have, I think, been okay at not bitching about it this season so far, yeah. even though we're only four games in. Yeah. But but I'm seeing a drastic uptick across the league of other, you know, podcast hosts and other people that are involved with other supporters groups, things like that. Even some of the the staff and, and management of some of the clubs mm. being like, you know, this is becoming an issue. Yeah. We talked about it last season. You and I are like, you know, OG referee complainers. Where we're like, <laughs> referees shouldn't dictate the the outcome of a game. They should yeah. contribute to the, the fair play. And in this case, again, it's just another thing. Like, yes, he's an assistant coach. And you lucky know, for us, it doesn't yeah. really affect the game, right? No, and exactly. Like, but either way, I just think it was a boneheaded call. Oh, for and, sure. I, and it sucks that, you know, because even after the fact, as soon as that red card comes out, you're right. What is she going to say? Is she going to rescind her own red card? No, she's not. She got to stick with it. But I think that it it's, it goes to show that we need to be, we, as I'm saying, as Canada soccer officiants, need to be a little bit less aggressive with their cards and a little bit more, okay, let's take a second and, and, and really take in all the facts of the situation and get multiple perspectives before I decide that this is the way we're going to move forward with the game. So, um, yeah. Anyway, questionable red card. Um, Halifax fans, questionable pen. And by that, I mean, man, okay. pen. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> I rewatched that so many times. Man. I was like, what just happened? It's and it robbed each, them of three points. Like, yeah, well, that's just it. And each week we're going to point out boneheaded ref decisions that happened. But to they're, other not teams games. That they're not even our other games. They're not even our teams. We did that last time too with the Rocky Romeo red card. But this yeah, that's pen, true. That's true. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that for like a minute because it is the most hilariously like injustice thing I've seen recently. This ball bounced off of his crotch you know to a very sensitive area and then bounced up and hit him in the face so this is two of probably the most painful places on a, on a human man body that the ball could hit and then and then he gets a pen called against him <laughs> well, uh, uh, okay hold on i'm re-watching it right now Oh my dude, God. that's like I forgot about <laughs> it. <laughs> the worst part is the linesman is right there, yeah, yeah. and the head the head ref is like, "Yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a." There's no flag, nothing, because the linesman didn't see anything because they're directly in the line. It's of like, sight. why are you punishing this guy again? <laughs> if I'm a Halifax been- fan, I am fuming, dude. Like, what? Yeah. Talk about robbing three points. Yeah, so anyway, uh, you know, the referees in this league continue to just embarrass <laughs> just get it embarrass together. themselves and the league. So mm-hmm. please get it together. Mm-hmm. Please do that. <laughs> um, and before we, we jump into standouts, Johnny, I got to – are you sitting down? Yeah. I mean, you are sitting yeah. down. I can see you right now. <laughs> Listen to this stat from, this, from the game against Vancouver. Okay. We won 82% of all aerial duels in the entire there game. There we go. And had seventy three percent successful dribbles. See, that's weird like, because why are we? Why are we? Does that? Like, <laughs> no, it's it's weird because either their defense was just god awful, or we weren't attacking. And I thought we were the only ones attacking. Why are we winning all the aerial duels? And also all this, all the and all the dribbles. We were just the only team playing. <laughs> <laughs> like literally though i remember like when we were up three nothing i was like i mean i might as well you know not even watch anymore like this would be a pause moment yeah. i think once we're oh, up well, three nothing, I was like, I don't, you know, moment for uh, sure. <laughs> like i don't like we don't need to watch the rest um and I, but and i just want to say yeah. that after being supremely impressed with the vancouver of faithful after the first game i was a bit disappointed with them after oh, this boy. game first of all the the, the, the attendance was quite awful and not what you would yeah. have expected after such a great attendance. Yeah, because they the sold they game. sold out their home opener. I believe so. Either there or close yeah. to it. This this game, I'm pretty sure, was less than three thousand. 
Yeah, I think it was 25 something. But and that place then, was like, a library. Zero. That place was a library. After the Verhoeven Bro, goal, I, the pop, I sounded like a home game. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> the, the loudest fans there were all. They were. <laughs> they were. And I, and I mean, it's easy to say, oh, but you know, they were getting blown out. But I remember the Valor 6 1, and the dub was, I was, was there too. just yeah, kept getting yeah. louder after. Yeah, you were there. You were there. The dub yeah. didn't stop singing yeah. for that. I was there for the four one again. Yeah, you just you we just stop singing when, when, when things like that happen. You just drink more yeah. and yell <laughs> louder. You um, so but, hopefully but, a learning I mean, moment. Yeah. You can't uh, you can't just shut down when your teams are performing. Bro, like I, I I sent a I think I sent a, a zoomed in. I took a screen like a screenshot on my phone of one soccer of the game, and I zoomed in on the cra- the crowd behind uh, Sean Melvin in the second yeah. half, and there were people sitting in the stands, and I was like. If you're in the if you're in the supporters group, you don't sit. That's that's a well, big that's no no. Safe, you, you better not be your sitting. Your club was good enough to build you a safe standing section for your supporters group. You better not be sitting in it. <laughs> you yeah. No matter what the score is, no matter what the score yeah. is, like you better be just bringing yeah. it. So, um, you know, I, I attended. I was telling Johnny before we started recording. I, I attended the Canada versus Latvia IHF World Hockey Championship. Uh, here in, in Riga and Canada won six nothing <laughs> and it wasn't even a close game, but the supporter section for Riga and the entire stadium was constantly like do 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 Riga do 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 Latvia. <laughs> I was like, I was like, like it, bro, it made me want to cheer yeah, for them yeah. the entire time. And they were like losing five nothing yeah. and, and they were super loud. So I'm like, you know what? Like you gotta you gotta support the team thick and thin. I think that we as as Ottawans or Ottawa supporters have a bit thicker skin than most other supporters mm. across the league. We're not, you know, a bunch of plastic fans. We know what it means to be terrible and still cheer for your yeah. team. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's sad to me to see the supporters group go from what we saw in the opener, which was incredible. Like, Oh man, this is so good. Looked so mm. good. And then this, I was like, Oh, shades of York. Yeah. Like what is happening right now? It was a big, uh, what's that movie with Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis when he gives them uh, during the debate at the beginning, he's like, welcome to the fucking show. That's, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's where yeah, we're at. The, you, know, you better get the, used the to this candidate, and you better, think, yeah, the candidate and you better, you better step up when your team needs you because oh, look you, at that. oh no, it's not the, the candidate is a Robert Redford oh, okay. movie. <laughs> Anyways, I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, so you better step up when your team needs you because otherwise you're just going to keep getting thrashed five nil. Yeah, well, and that's just it. And I'm like, man, like again, you just got to be there for the, be there for the boys. And if you're if you're not, you know, like be better, do there better, be better, <laughs> do better. The campaign, the, the campaign, campaign is the movie you were thinking of. Go. God, that was going to bother me. <laughs> <laughs> I had to look it up. I had to look it up. And by all night, I mean it's already mm-hmm. one in the morning for me here. So, <laughs> speaking of um, standing right. up for the boys, who are our standout boys? Can I say the whole team? Yes. Can I just say Atletico Ottawa? This is, this is our pod. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's fun. <laughs> this is our pod. We say what we want. Um, no, much like the last episode where we were basically like the entire defensive line is garbage. <laughs> Standouts. Can I now say like, nobody? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're here to shower praise yeah. on them for that magnificent performance. Yes. Um, yeah, top's got to be player of the match MVP, Tahas Talisman himself, Hollywood, of course. Obviously. Number one here, hands down, he had goal assist. He looked great all game, the entire game. Honestly, every time he touched the ball, I was like, yes, something is going to happen. 82% pass accuracy, three for four dribbles, six for nine on long balls, <laughs> six recoveries and two interceptions. Like, is there is there anything that Ollie can't do out there on the and field? And five ground duels one. <laughs> oh yeah, he won five rounds. I forgot about that. Yeah, so so that's what I mean. He's like dumb. he's offense, he's defense, he's controlling the mids, he's feeding the wings. Like, like 
Yeah, he's he's the key piece in all in like eighty percent of our counterattacks. Yeah. Like, so um, so yeah. So I won't again. I won't you know focus too hard on Ollie because this is his. I think this is. I think he's been on our standouts every week so far this season. Well, he was on the team of the week again that just uh, came out earlier. Yeah, today. he was. That's true. Somehow Sean Melvin was on there, which is funny because he faced zero shots. This is a, this <laughs> I think is they just easiest... gave it to him because it was his first his first clean sheet. Well, it was. It was. By the way, it was mentioned. Yes, this is our first clean sheet of the season. Uh, I think it was the only clean sheet of the weekend. So that's probably why he was on there. But uh, yeah, easiest he, easiest team he, of the week you'll ever get, baby. Like zero <laughs> saves made. Zero zero saves. Zero shots on target. <laughs> You'll love to see it. Congratulations, you Sean. Go, Sean. You, you, you killed it out there. <laughs> <laughs> but we had four. We had Ollie um, and um, uh, two other people that are going to be on this list. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, next one on the list, who was also on the team of the week, Jean Aniel Assi. Oh, yeah. My God, I love that guy. The whole game. Like, second week. It's actually his second week in the row here on our standouts mm-hmm. list. Um, not only is this kid going to get us 50% of our under 21 for minutes sure. this year, because yeah. he for <laughs> sure will. Uh, he's also just insanely talented. Man, like, he had two assists because I'm going to count Salter's second callback goal, which shouldn't have been a callback <laughs> goal. Uh, and and his, man, his, his speed and, like, he just absolutely, he had... Tyler Crawford in his pocket the entire game. (laughs) And I mean, let's also, I also want to say he won three out of five tackles and he also had seven ground duels once. So, and 11 recoveries as well. So he is, and also four passes into the final third and 80% pass. He was a menace. He was a menace to their defensive structure. And I want to say that it's partially because he's got such a solid right back behind him now that he sort of has so much more freedom to play. I, I, I think you're probably right because Carl Wimatt does bring a level of of um consistency and experience to that right back role. And he's also a bit of a bigger dude, so like it almost gave Assy the space he needed to just be creative. Yeah. Um which I don't think we saw in the in the Pacific game especially, mm-hmm. um, because he was constantly being drawn back into that defensive play. And this this was the time where like we met like yo man just go mm. <laughs> I got it, I got it back here me and Diego will yeah. cover off and and to that gave you're not like half Assy. covered by a right center yeah. back like you're full on covered by a right center back and a defensive right back yeah yeah and he just man like watching him just pick the pocket of Tyler Crawford for nine for uh, did he play the whole game no yeah he played ninety minutes so literally the entire 90 minutes like every time we got the ball is like well i mean we're gonna get at least a cross out of it (laughs) so yeah and seeing him not even have to cross because he's so close to the action and instead be able to play one twos be able to 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 shoot the ball across the floor be able to cut it back like that's that's where he needs to be because clearly as we saw his crossing is not like carl howard's crossing (laughs) not not many players are but like his crossing is absolutely not a strong point so seeing him be able to get up and closer to the action is what I think. But I think that be. is his that is his strength is is I think he has the same kind of ability to drive to the right corner and then cut across and cross. But his crosses are all on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I, I think mean, his yeah, I mean, like, the, like, like yeah. crossing from deep is yeah. not like his bag. No one, no one crosses from deep like Carl yeah. Howarth crosses from exactly. deep. So. Um, but, but it's awesome to see Assey like really just grow into that position. Um, I don't think he was particularly good when he, cause he was with cavalry before, I yep. think. Right. Um, I don't think he was particularly spectacular with them. And then to see him play like this, I think it's, it's really just an, another sign that Carlos has almost like a, a bit of a touch with players that have the potential, but haven't really realized it yet. Well, 
And then they get in and work with Carlos Gonzalez and work with our system. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll find a place for you to shine. Yeah. We just need to figure out what that is. And I think that Assi has found that on the on the, on the the far right yeah. wing in the midfield. I mean, we've seen that with so many players that we've brought in that were at yeah. other clubs, right? And I mean, obviously when... I mean, look at Balu, look at Balu Tablo, one season with Carlos Gonzalez. Yeah. And he goes from, you know, uh, a, a, ca- a bit of a cast-off player from higher leagues to playing for Atlantic Ottawa and the CPL. And now he's back playing in second tier you know, Turkey. professional yeah. league in, in Turkey. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think, I think, again, I think that's a bit of the Carlos magic. Uh, and I, I think that it's part of what he brings to this club and I love seeing it. I love seeing the maturity. I love seeing the, the pragmatic look at how we, how we structure our mm. team. Um, and I think he brings up the best in players. Honestly, I really do. Well, it is magical to see like, yeah, as, <clears throat> when he was at Calvary, like you could tell he had promise, but he was still rawer than raw. I mean, he's still only 18 now. <laughs> yeah. He's only 18 now, so he was like 16, 17 with them. Um, so as an 18-year-old with us, he starts almost every game. He already has two assists. That's as many assists mm-hmm. as he had all season with Cavalry. Yeah, like he had like 800 minutes, and he had two assists, and now he's already gotten that after, what, four games, five yeah. games? No, it's great. I can't, wait. <laughs> I can't wait to see what this kid does for the rest of the season. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to see what he's going to look at in the second yeah. half of the season. Like, if he's here now, give him five more games and... You know, I think he's going to be certified starting 11 material. Yeah. Speaking of yep. the so, opposite, complete opposite side of the pitch. Talk to me about that's true. Uh, he was a man possessed yeah. this weekend and I loved to watch yeah. it. Watching M- McDonald Neba just just muscle people off the ball. Like, this is what we wanted from him. This is what we wanted from him. Yeah. The time. Yeah, he used it. He used it to pressure Bitar and Chung. Both, you know, yes, both those. I think both of them left with injuries. Um, obviously, may, conspiracy theory may or may not be related to Neva. No <laughs> but no, like I, I do think that he had just this physical presence that we didn't have before, mm-hmm. um, and he was able to push all of their plays as far out to the the, the sidelines as humanly yeah. possible. Um, and he had great stats. You know, two chances, five recoveries. I mean, bit foul happy. Yeah, I think he had four of our like fourteen, four of our fourteen. I think we had fourteen fouls, something like that. Yeah. So, so you know, he had a fair amount of our fouls. That's a, but I mean, but, that's okay. Like, especially if you're stopping breaks. Yeah. Like, if you if you can take that many fouls without get without getting a yellow, that's kind of like really yeah, good for a, good a defender and how you want to be playing. If you're going to be no, just have that plays that's, close that's to the line, point. right? We had twelve. We had twelve yeah. fouls. We had so he had a quarter of our yeah. fouls. But but you're right. He didn't draw any cards. So. He had a, th- you know, he had a third uh, of our fouls. Oh, sorry, <laughs> even Jesus, more. Yeah. <laughs> it's late, Johnny. Okay, it's late, but I mean, but yes. it's even more egregious. But uh, yeah, no. true. But uh, and um, I want to no, say, but guess I, how many passes in the final third of this guy? <laughs> as a as a, as a left back, like, as a defensive right, left back, as a left back, how eleven. Many, Johnny, hit me with it. That what? <laughs> are you kidding me right now? You are joking. Eleven Hold on, passes fucking... into the final third. Let me bring up the stats yeah, here because now I'm, I think I think you're you're full. Oh my god! Yeah, he did. <laughs> that what? what? <laughs> he's better. Like no wonder he's on Incredible my list. Stuff. I mean, I had him on my list, but now he's solid. Four ground duels, list. one three aerial duels, one five recoveries. Just yeah, massive. Yeah. So great, just uh, great. So Neva, yeah. just keep doing what you're doing, man. We love to see you out there in that left back. And his role. stats against um, Forge were like even better, if <laughs> if you can yeah. believe that. That's what I mean. 89% so, like, so I accurate think- passes. Even two accurate long balls. Eight out of nine tackles won. Seven clearances. Four headed clearances. Four recoveries. Nine ground duels won. Three out of three aerial duels won. 
and I and I think that that's that's you're 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 talking about it like that displays just a level of skill in that role, and I think he's a little bit under underestimated. Oh yeah, I think I think he I think I don't think he gets the accolades. You know, we put the laurels on Ollie's you know head every mm. week basically, um, and you know obviously one soccer and all the pundits and people around the league love eating that stuff yeah. up. But I don't. No one's really talking about Miguel yeah. Neva. And then when you look at his stats, you're like, "Good God!" Like, like well, he's always that's the kind of left back that you yeah. want on your and squad. And the thing is, is that like he's always been a bit on the periphery, right? Because he's basically been center back depth. He's had his injury problems, but seeing him just arrive as a starting left back is like, "Oh my God!" I didn't <laughs> know you were capable er- of this. And erase Gabby Bizarre. Yeah, he erased, erased him for the entire game until he left. <laughs> so you know when he, you know after that first Forge game, you know the bell sort of going off in Cargo's head. He's like, "Oh my God, we have to do this every week. <laughs> we're playing a yeah. four, we're playing a four at the back with Neba on the left every week as long as he's fit. Yeah, this is what yeah. we're going to do now." Exactly, exactly. So it was great. Love it when that um, shit so happens. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so Neba, Neba is definitely on my yeah. list uh, this week. Um, uh, I'm going to say. I'm going to call it most reliefingly Samuel R. Salter. The R stands for redeemed because <laughs> wow, what a turnaround Sammy Salter had this week. <laughs> like Damn. watching him for the first, first four games of the yeah. season. I was like, bro, this, you're right. This guy's the, he's right. the, he's the new, he's the new Morgrega. Yeah. And you know, massive hype. We watch, we all watched the videos of Morgrega. We're like, he's going to be the best. Oh, yeah. And then he came to the They're club so and sure just massive, <laughs> massive flop. And to see Salter go through the first few games, I was like, oh, man, here we go. Here we go yep. again. And we were all surprised at the signing. Like, here we go. Um, you know, his pass accuracy could use a bit mm. of work, but his finish, man. Like, he went three for four on aerial duels, which was awesome because he was able to use his, like, gigantor size yeah. um, to win win those. But he was always he always seemed to be in the right place in and around the 18 when we needed him there, yeah. which I think maybe he worked on from from the pacific game because in that game yes he didn't have a lot of chances but he also seemed to be a little bit out of position the Mm. whole game and then this game there was never once where i was like what what sam what are you doing bro like why are you there like well that's just that's the positioning that he need that it needs to be elite right and that needs to be a step up from previous strikers that we've had because so many strikers that we've had you know i'm looking at people like brian wright i'm looking at people like vladimir Uh, gregor that are just hanging out far at the top and never getting involved in the play because they're never at a place where they can receive a pass. Um, but there was there was something that I actually really liked seeing from Sam Salter in in the the Vancouver game especially is the fact that even when he wasn't involved in the mm-hmm. play, he worked to become involved yeah. in the play. Like he tracked back when he had to. He tracked forward when he had to. He always tried to make space between him and the defender. Mm-hmm. He always tried to work something if he had the ball. And it, to me, it, it was it was you know it was like brian wright but if brian wright actually tried i mean it's what it's <laughs> you, what know, you like, wanted of a number nine it's what you need out of a number yeah because like it's fine to be a poacher and i do honestly think that sam salter still is and will always be that kind of like poachy high, high press striker who can finish stuff like that and it's nice to see him finally mm-hmm. do that but i do think that that's the role that he plays and i think that when we see him actually excel in that role and actually put the effort in I think that's where we're going to see results. And I think that he probably saw that as well during this game yeah. where he's like, oh, well, if I put the the work in, eventually I'm going to get something that will be tangible to put in the net. Yeah. And he did. He got it twice. And yes, there was an offside call, which, you know, uh, 
you and I both agree. Was well, everyone, I mean, it was really... the wrong call. Everyone, everyone can clearly exactly, see that, right? and he should have had. We're two not goals, in the video review league, so it's whatever. But no, exactly. He could have had. He could have had get an, VAR light. The better. He but, could have had an assist as well. I don't know if you remember. He he, he had yeah, Johnny he, DeSantos he running like in yeah. acres of space all by himself, and yeah. instead of just sort of smashing it up there to him, he tried to really cutely like sort of chip it up to him. And then hit the defender yeah. in front of him instead. I was like, oh man, like that, that's GD. Well, like, the Santos should be running into that space with that ball right now and putting it in the net. Like, there's no way he should have flubbed that assist just now. <laughs> well, not, not only that, there was also that, that play where uh, Callum Irving completely mm. like mishandled the ball. And I was like, oh, here we go. Like, Santos just gonna like, all he had to do was roll it yeah. back and chip it yeah. over. And instead, he just kind of kicked it directly back into Callum Irving's hands. Yeah. So, you know, he can be- when that happened, I was yeah. like, and that was early on yeah. too. I was like, "Oh man, he can, he can be he can be very Bambi like still." And I mean, obviously, he's yeah. very big, which comes through with his three out of four aerial duels. One was well, he's very tall, but he's not very big yet. You know what I mean? He's dispossessed three times. He had one yeah. ground duel, one out of six. Like yep. like he still gets sort of bullied, and like he's got to hit the gym because you know he's too tall. He's too <laughs> tall to be that like I suppose like fragile. You know what I mean? Too tall to be that yep. bullied. Yeah. So um, that being said, I mean, honestly, overall, I think I was just happy. I was happy with Sam this game. I think that this is a nice start point for him to grow into the into the team we've developed. Yeah. I, was, I mean, if you're banging in by goals, we, I could. By we, I mean yeah. Carlos. <laughs> like not Johnny. We either. have I mean, developed. We, we, we like to think we help yeah. a little bit. You know, look at some of these players. So <laughs> yeah, if you're banging in goals, then you know none of the rest of it really matters. So just just keep banging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and then lastly, I'm going to, you know, for a second week in a row, I'm going to put Noah Verhoeven up yep. here for me. For sure. Um, I love seeing him work with Ollie Bassett. I love it. I love it. I talked about it last week being like shades of Balu Tabla, Ollie Bassett, you know, tic-tac-toe. Here's what mm-hmm. we need. You know, he's, he's just, to me, he's a clinical controlling mid. 93% pass actually, two for two on dribbles, two for three on long balls. Yep. Like any sort of goal which was a spectacular yeah. goal. And he was in the exact position. He should first goal as a professional. Um, I learned today. I didn't even realize. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Which is crazy. So like, that's what I mean. So, you know what? I think it's, I think it's awesome. Um, I think it's great that both he and the other Verhoeven were able to flex on VFC in front of their families. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so he's definitely on my list. Um, I'm going to throw honorable mentions. The two super subs, oh, this Zach and Bahus. both Zach's, both Zach's, <laughs> One Verhoeven, one Bohus. Uh, scored <laughs> it's like two a Venn diagram with minutes. Zach and Verhoeven and Zach Verhoeven's <laughs> in the middle of it and Bohus and Verhoeven. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, they scored two goals within like three and a half stupid, minutes ridiculous. of coming off the field, which is stupid. Uh, yeah, so incredible yeah. stuff, incredible stuff. Um, I'm going to throw on like someone that basically always lives on this list and, you know, in a week like this can sort of get, you know, uh, forgotten about but I mean, Diego Espejo, he put it in, yeah, he played an incredible say, game. I know, I well. know where you're going with this, Johnny. Diego <laughs> I mean, six clearances, <laughs> six headed clearances as well. Four to five ground duels won. Six out of six aerial duels won. Yeah, he had 100% he aerial did, duels He did won. the business yeah. and 56 touches as well. He was like, he's, he, was the, he was the man. He was the center back yep. in charge. And, you know, it's, it's so like Diego, you know, if you're listening, quietly being perfect again. We love you, bro. We love you again, <laughs> always. But that's what I mean. Like, I, but I think that Diego, like, yes, on the field, he might be a little bit. I'm gonna call it animated when there's when there's some kind of like foul related call <laughs> against both for or against yeah. him. 
Um, but I also just, I, I love how he, you're right. He is kind of a bit of a quiet professional on the pitch. He's not yelling. He's not like super emotional for the most yeah. part. He's more just like, I'm here to get the work done. I'm here to just head out every single yeah. ball that ends up anywhere near the center of the 18. Um, and he's just so good. He's so good at it. And yeah, to be fair, he, you know, he had a little, he blew a tire once and saying had to bail mm-hmm. him out and that happens. Um, but at the same time, his, his performance in this, in this match was especially, yeah, yeah just inc- again, incredible. He's 20 years old. He's he's filling a, a starting eleven CB the role. The fact the fact that he excels so much in the middle of a back three and also on the right side of a center back pairing in a back four is like what what can this kid not do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. So I would I would that's that's completely yeah. fair to put him on the standouts. Yeah. I agree. So having said that, I don't think we really have any disappointments, do we? Um. Yeah, we, we went over that. some of the disappointments with this penalty shootout in the Forge game, but I mean the Vancouver game. What do you think? You know what? I'm gonna put no one on the disappointments. I don't think there was anyone out there that like nope. had a egregiously nope. bad game. Do I think there was players out there that could have played better? Yes, 100. There were probably players that could have had a better game, but also in this game, to me, that's not really that that important. No, it's not that important. Because and think- the goal, the goalpost shift when you when you're doing so well, right? Like I was so pissed we didn't get six goals. Because of the offside call. And I mean, who cares? Yeah. Like, we won 5 0 for God's sakes, but I was like, we needed six because we needed to reverse the juju of the 6 1 against Valor the previous season. <laughs> and also, it was just the. Obje- I mean, theoretically, we kind of did, though, because that, that was a five negative still five, five goal GD spread, goal. Right. Or G- yeah. yeah, so like, you know what? We kind of reversed yeah. it. We're back to, back to normal. It was also just objectively the wrong call. So that was the part of the piss off as well. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, anyways, like, like I said, and then when everyone does so, such a good job. Uh, when you're just doing an uh, when everyone sorry when everyone's doing such a great job when you're just doing a normal good job it's almost like if I was to pick a disappointment it would be you but you're not disappointing so there's no disappointments. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like oh yeah, like I'm picking flies at a horse. Yeah, exactly. You know, like yeah. it's like it's like you don't want, you don't want to do that. Yeah. You, you, and at this point, I think we would be doing that. Yep. No so, disappointments. Areas um, for improvement. Yeah. No, no, no disappointment. Yeah. Areas for improvement. Um, I think that I loved ninety nine percent of what yeah. I saw out there. Uh, play was fluid. I, I like I like on the broadcast because the crowd was so quiet at <laughs> at Langley yeah. Field. You could he- really hear the ATO players talking to yeah. each other, which is sometimes difficult in games that are closer yeah. because you know you get frustrated or you know when someone doesn't make a play that they should. Whatever. Blah, blah. In this case, it was just really nice to hear them talking to each yeah. other. Um, you know, we we had that signature punishing counterattack and i love that for us <laughs> I, lo- I love that um love that but, journey for you know, us. I, yeah i love that for us um so and i mean again it's hard it's hard to pick a spot for for an area for improvement because we just weren't really pressured either yeah. um there was no coordinated attack. It was kind of just like haphazard if they got a bounce or a, you know, and again, you might get goals off those kind of plays. Lots of teams do. Um, but I don't think there was a coordinated effort to actually attack Sean Melvin in the net because they just couldn't get yeah. past the like middle third of the yeah. field. Um, I would say the only area I would like to see maybe tightened up is, is, Sometimes I felt, and again, you know, feel free to disagree with me or or agree with me. Um, I felt like sometimes when players got the ball, they almost had like horse blinders mm-hmm. on, and they saw like, okay, I got the ball, and I can see two options directly in front of me, or one option to the left and one in front of me, 
and they weren't really like panning the field yeah. at all. And they kind of just played down one side a lot or, or, or played through the middle. And it's like, I wish they would have switched the field a little bit um, or maybe played the ball through the middle, like, like cycled the ball a little mm-hmm. bit more. Because I do think that some, some players, um, you know, I think maybe, maybe Sam Salter was a little bit guilty of this, especially at, at the top as our striker, mm-hmm. um, not seeing the options. Yeah. And, you know, they, they're kind of like, oh, well, my options are only, you know, do this or this. And it's like, but if you had actually had a look, taken one second to just look around the pitch, you can see there's two players that are available. You know, yes, it's not the easiest play, but like maybe play it out to the wings and stretch the field a little bit, or maybe play it into the middle and and really like kind of pull all their defense in so that we can stretch the field again and play it in through the middle. So <clears> I guess if I'm gonna pick uh, a very small issue, yeah. I would say that that was. Probably- I mean, it's pretty classic, right? Especially with younger players, where you know sometimes your head's down and you don't pick it up early enough or often enough. And yeah. I mean, you even see it with very experienced players, especially when you're already winning a game like that. And if you're a striker and you're just like, okay, this is a shooting gallery now. This is my chance to really pad my stats. You might not be looking around for any sort of play. All you're thinking of is how to get to the net. Yeah, and I'm not saying they did that because there was tons of examples of, I mean, even if you look at, I mean, Zach Verhoeven scored his goal and then on the next play, he fed Bahus that goal. Yeah, but he's different. And he easily he's could different. have. <laughs> yeah, true. But I'm saying he easily could have he easily could have tried for a second goal. Yeah, he could have instead he of he had that cheeky outside of the yeah. outside of the boot, like sort of shift to the right to give it to Bahus. Now you're right. Like any other player would have just shot there, but because yeah, uh, exactly. because he's and maybe, built and maybe that's because he came on and he was fresh legs mm-hmm. and like you know he hadn't been you know I mean it was hot. It was like 30 plus degrees yeah. too. So guys are tired and maybe that's part of the reason they weren't looking around. But but. Yeah, that to me that again, that's not really a gripe, I guess. Um, it, it was really just me like digging, you know, yeah. <laughs> like scraping the bottom. I'm like, we won five nothing. What did we do wrong? <laughs> I, I don't. What know. can I complain about? <laughs> yeah, no, you're yeah, right. I yeah, would say so. for me, the only area of improvement is to do this at home and to do this against a better and uh, to do this against can a better we team. Please do that. That's, that's that would be the only yeah, thing. I'd I want to do this. Yeah, I want to do this against like. I would love to see us do this like against Valor at yeah, home. No, like, exactly. Like, I'm a very mid team, although Valor's been playing well, I would call them still call them a mid team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would love to see us do this against them yep. at home. I just I'm I'm so sick of us just dropping like dookie games at, at home. home, and no. then like our, our and our waveform is so good, and the amount of uh, like articles I've read since this mm-hmm. game that are like, oh, Ottawa's back. Ottawa's back on the power rankings. Ottawa's like, back. Hold, hold the on. phone. And they're like, they <laughs> Yeah. But they're also, but they're all, no, like, it, and it's, it's fine. I'm fully yeah. for that. But I'm also just like, at the same time, it's always with a little asterisk. And they're like, Ottawa could easily win the league by just playing their, like, away games like they did last season. And I'm like, I hate that that's our legacy. I know, I hate that I, Like, I would much rather the reverse. Why can't we just be really good yeah. at TD plays and suck ass when we're playing yeah. away? Like, can we do that? Is that yeah. possible? No, I agree. Um, what was your moment of the match for Vancouver? I'm not going to go out over for anything for Forge, except maybe you know seeing Bobby whine about a clear handball. That'd be my moment of the match. What's, yeah. what's your moment of the match yeah, for that the, was... Valor, the Vancouver game? <laughs> yeah, uh, agreed. Um, to me, it's the the, the Salter Assey oh, connect. Yeah. Man, that was like, it's what I wanted to see because I'm like I've been kind of tooting Assey's horn for a while, and you know you and I both kind of been shitting on Sam mm-hmm. Salter a little bit, and it's nice to see those two connect in a, just the perfect yep. way. Cause it was just the classic assy, like drive to the corner, mess around on the ball a little bit, cut down enough to get around the defender and then just put a, 
ball right across the deck and it landed directly on Sam Salter's left yeah. foot and he left footed it in, which was amazing. Um, so, so to me, that was definitely like my, my moment of the match. And then to see like it control C control V yeah. <laughs> on the other side, <laughs> like, literally the like, yeah. literally like copy paste it again. And yeah, they called it offside the second yeah. time, but it was the same goal. And it was, it was just to me, I'm like, man, like these guys are clicking yeah. together. They're clicking in a way that like we haven't seen yet. And I love, I love yep. seeing that. No, that's probably mine too. I mean, I think, I think that actually the Verhoeven break might be a little more up there too, oh. because I just, I just think the way, yeah. the, I think the way that Ollie handled that break was, was picture perfect. Style. I'm always surprised how far Ollie Bassett can stretch his legs to Dude, run. Dude, it's ridiculous. And the stretching his leg <laughs> as well just... to like, to, to knock that ball down behind the, uh, behind yep. the rushing back defender and then run around him to get it. And, and that then immediately perfect... go into a sprint. And exactly. But and like a crazy weighted long pass. stride gazelle sprint. So yeah. that Noah could just hit it first yeah. time. I was like, well, who are you? Yep. He's he's the he's Hollywood, man. He's the ginger prince. The ginger he's prince. Never n- never leave us, Holly. Never leave us. So you've heard enough from us. Now it's time to hear from you. CCSG Mailbag. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to the mailbag. Um this is the segment of the podcast where we take all of your questions, whether they're hot takes or cold takes or your grandmother's recipe takes or any kind of takes <laughs> that you got on this uh, this this lo- lo- lovely week. Um, yeah, so you know there's some real <laughs> there's some real good ones this week, so we're gonna work our way through them. Um, but for those of you who are CCSG members, or even if you're not a CCSG member, uh, if you want to be able to contribute to these mailbag questions, which you do, because our mailbag is yep. sweet. Um, you have to join because that's one of the biggest benefits of being a part of CCSG is that you get a section of the official CCSG ATO After the Whistle podcast that is just for you. There you go. I love that all Only basically all the questions Exclusive. are about the Vancouver game and not about the <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, let's be real. The like the flow of this podcast so far has been all Vancouver all the time. We're like, yeah, five let's nothing. Go. That's, like, that's the only like, thing that happened didn't, this week, baby. Like, didn't you guys lose in a shootout? We're like, doesn't five matter. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking before recording it. Imagine how different this episode would be if we like handed Vancouver the We had like dropped a one nothing loss. Yeah. <laughs> God. This, this this pocket would have already been done forty five minutes ago. <laughs> it's true. We would have been like, we saw Suck and we're back to sucking. And that's it. We'll see you next time. <laughs> but we don't because we're awesome. Yeah. Um, this is a good one because it's kind. Of, we just kind of just talked about this like five minutes ago. Does this five goal win erase the six one loss last season, or do we need a win like this at home first? Um, I mean, as far as goals go, yeah, I think it does. Um, as far as the second part of that question, do we need a win at home? I think we yep. do. I think that that. We have historically been so bad playing at TD Place, so bad, and it's amazing to watch ATO play up play in any any stadium, any field, anywhere else in Canada, and then you watch them play at TD Place, and it is just a travesty for the most yeah. part. And it sucks because again, you know, CCSG supporters groups, the fans all turn out to the games. And that's the show you're giving them is like, oh, it's great if you watch us on TV. We're incredible when we play yeah. away. And then they come home and just drop stinker after stinker. So I honestly think this is a good question. I think that if they would like to erase both the 6 1 loss at home last year and the 4 1 Pacific loss, which I would consider in the same tier as that 6 1 yeah. loss, 
I think we need to do it yep, at home. Agreed. And I think the, I think they know that. I think the club knows yep. that. I think the players know that. I know Carlos Everyone knows that. Everyone in the damn league interviews. knows that, man. Like, it's a meme yeah. how bad we are at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hate that yeah. for us. <laughs> in the opposite of earlier. No. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think that we need, we need to pick it up at home. I think Carlos knows that. Um, I'm hoping that he's working. I think this was a, a nice springboard um to go into the next match um so so yeah i i, I think that we got we got to work on our home record because good god it's real well, bad this this is one the bit upsetting um obviously our next game is away at cavalry but is away at cavalry yeah. after that is at home against forge Eesh. so Eesh. you know it's a <laughs> And our our record at, against Forge is is atrocious as it is, but our record against Forge at home, you know, the only results we've ever gotten against Forge are away. Right, yeah. we won at Tim Hortons Field and we drew at Tim Hortons Field last season. We've lost every time yeah. we've played them at TD Place, so it's it's a tall order. It's a tall order. Maybe this is the year, man. Maybe this, this is, is our year. year. We're like Leafs fans. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we're like Leafs fans. <laughs> sorry for the Leafs fans out there, but not, not really. Sorry at all. Fans. I'm not sorry at all. Enjoy the off season like we do there every year. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. So, uh, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna read you this okay. one, Johnny. If I still have an erection from that game. <laughs> Should I see a doctor or is this natural? So that, by the time you listen to this, that will have been three days. I think you should see a doctor. But Johnny, it was five goals. It was five nil, yes. And it was if it was five nil at home against Forge, then I would say, sir, this erection should last for at least a week. <laughs> Completely fair. Completely fair. I, I like think that. a five mil away event. Could, you know what? Screw it. Whatever. We needed this. You do your thing. You go have fun, kiddo. <laughs> just, 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 uh, just tuck it into your you waistband. Go. Just All tuck right. it up into your waistband. Um, this is wow. We're really on a on a, on a theme here. So now that Sammy Selter finally popped his ATO goal scoring cherry. Not, In quotation not marks, evolved. <laughs> How confident are the both of you that the monkey is firmly off his back? I guess we kind of. Oh, it's a question for yeah. both of us. Kind of, we went off. We kind of went on tangents about Sammy. I think we're pretty confident I, in him going forward. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm confident with with him going forward. I I do still have reservations only because we saw a little bit of a, a, a two sides of the coin even in the game against Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw some brilliant play for a goal slash two mm-hmm. goals, but then you know that that Callum Irving error that he didn't you know do properly or or plays that he was kind of looking down when he received yeah. the ball to his feet and didn't really see his options. Um, I'm hoping that that we've kind of hit the watershed moment mm-hmm. for Sam Salter and going forward, you know, we're going to be good. I think scoring a goal is a huge yeah. kind of weight off his shoulders because we have been, and we like the fans have been pressured. Like he's the first player in the entire league who's ever received a transfer mm-hmm. fee for a, for a trip, for a, a, a sale to another yeah. team. And it's like, we were all so confused at yeah. first and then we were like, this is going to work out. And then the first four games, we were like, this isn't working out. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then to me, this this game, I was like, oh, this is, this is the Sam Salter I want to see all season. Like, and to see how happy he was when he mm-hmm. scored. And like, he, you know, he was able to like cheer it on and like slap the, slap the, the, the Atletico Ottawa shield on his chest. Like, you know, like th- that's 
I think it's 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 a bit of an intangible, I think, for yeah. players um, to to get that monkey in this case, that monkey off yeah. their back. Like I, I think he had it, and I think that maybe it's gone now, and maybe we're going to see him develop into something that we can actually use for the rest. It's of the a season. mental thing for a striker, right? And that's that's why, like, um, you see sometimes you know a player will give a striker a penalty. Be like, listen, go put that in the net and like get that off of your head. You know what <laughs> I mean? Or if you're, or if you're Vlad Moragrega, you'll, you'll take it take out of all it, his yeah. hands and take the. Penalty. But um, <laughs> but you know, you see that happen all the time, right? It's like here, but you put this yeah. in, and like that'll put you in a right mind space and yeah. for a headspace. And I'm sure yeah, he was devastated. I'm sure point. he was devastated missing that pen uh, in the can champs. For him, it was like, man, this is as he it, should, it should be. have been because it was awful. Um, but yeah, you know, he, you know, for him, he was like, God, this is my, this is my chance to like put it in the net, even if it's just during a penalty shootout and I still frigged it up. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So I think the monkey's off his back. I hope, uh, I think we can see some more from him. Going yeah. Forward. Agreed. Um, why yeah. don't I give this one to you? A few defensive hiccups could sure. have led to some goals against, including a Speo tripping and Singh giving away a dangerous free kick. Should we remain confident in that back line anyways against tougher competition? Ooh. Um, I would say yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm going to say yes. I, I do think that, you know, a couple of those plays were just kind of a bit boneheaded. Um, I don't think they ruined the the holistic defensive mm-hmm. effort that we put out in this yeah. match. Um, and I don't even think they put out, you know, again, if we look back at the other match that we're mostly ignoring on the podcast <laughs> this week, uh, I, I, I don't think there was any uh, egregious errors. There were some errors, but there was no egregious errors that really kind of like created a, a, a domino effect on the back line as far as collapsing that we saw against Pacific. So, um, I'm, I'm confident the back line, I think adding Neba to the back line on the left <laughs> was maybe the single best choice we made in 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 changing up the back line um i think between switching to a four and then having the fourth player be mcdonald neba was probably the best choice that carlos could yep. have made um and it was a bit of a i don't want to say it was a gamble but it was like a bit of a a question mark i think because you're right like neba traditionally in, in with this team has had injury issues and had has had you know, some cold games. Like I remember last season, some of the games you were like, Oh man, Neba is just like not yeah. ready to be there. Um, and then to see him kind of come out of that and, and really fill that role. I think that that solidified my confidence in our back four. And I think that Carlos should continue to play a back four just because not only are they strong in, in a defensive role, but they're strong in a feeding role out to the wings for Assi and Dos Santos who have such incredible speed but in order to use that, they need space, and this created space. For yeah, them. I think he should continue with with playing a back four, and I think he can, should continue with playing this back four because I think this is yeah, the type of chemistry we need to be building on. Yep. No, I agree with that. So, um, I am confident in our back yeah. line to answer that Perfect. question. Me too. All right, I'm gonna hit okay. you this one over <laughs> over under two goals next game over under one goal next home game. I think next I think next game. Oh my god, I want to see a score three at Spruce Meadows again. <laughs> again, and just embarrass embarrass cavalry with their stupid again. lightning. I'm gonna jerseys. say over. I'm gonna say over. But for the next <laughs> home game, shit, I don't know, man. Like we said, it's against Ford, so. And over under one yeah, goal. We have the, <laughs> That's what the over under the, set at. Um, <laughs> shit, I don't know. We have the flip chart. We need another. Yeah. Goal. <laughs> oh yeah, I, th- I think yeah. I think Bryce said he's made up the numbers. Now he's made is, are up to eight. So exactly. Got, so it's currently at you know, two. I'm, for the for for all of the ATO players that are currently listening to this podcast on Tuesday, 
we're up to eight, man. We need you, we need, we need you guys to hit that number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of goals, goal differential is at one now. Will we dip back into the negatives this season? And if yes, how soon? <laughs> uh, I, I honestly, I mean, again, I don't, I, I, I think we may put up one more, one more real quality stinker this season. I think so. Um, we've usually got, yeah, I mean, we've usually got a couple in us. Um, we've, we've, we've done one with Pacific. We've um, usually got one so in us against one, Forge every year, so I could still yeah, see that Yeah, so may, maybe maybe once we hit that home game, it'll be another, you know, uh, not great home game. But I'm hoping we can build up a little bit against Cavalry, because I do think we have we have the pieces to beat Cavalry mm-hmm. handedly, I'm going to yeah. call it. Um, my prediction, you know, if I'm going to be a betting man, <laughs> I mean, at least two, I think we're going to beat him by two. I think it's going to be like a 3-1 or a 4-2 okay. maybe. Um, but that will add to our goal differential. And then I think us playing Forge, like, I, I, again, I'm, I'm not super confident at home against no. Forge. I never, I never, I'm not confident at home and definitely not against no, Forge. It's a perfect storm. <laughs> I, like, I think f- like f- yeah. losing to Forge 4-0 is probably one of our most common results. <laughs> we've done it a few times. Most people do. Um, and we've done it at home at least once. So, yeah, who knows? We'll see. Yeah, hate it. Hate, <laughs> hate it. it. Hate Hope it. we don't so. see it again. <laughs> yeah so uh how soon i don't yeah. know hopefully yeah. not soon but you never know when we play yeah, forge exactly. in like a game uh, yeah. two games uh all right bassett continues to dominate in the midfield very true uh should we fear him moving on soon or will we hold on to him till season end i mean he's playing like a guy that that absolutely needs to be moving up um no johnny don't like say I, that. I mean like like i said earlier like last season was his breakout season and he's just hit another level again so yeah. um i hope we keep him until because we we got him on a two plus one so this is the second year of his regular contract and and um i hope we keep him until the end of the season i friggin' hate the idea of losing players halfway through the season especially if you're on a roll Sometimes it's really not your decision. You know what I mean? Like, look at uh, Alejandro Diaz with Pacific last season. Yep. They ended up doing fine anyways. But, I mean, you know, when a player is scoring like that and they get a chance to move up somewhere else, they're going to be like, you got to let me go. You know, they're going to pay for me. Like, you got to let me go. Um, and Ollie might do that. He's said multiple times, you know, he's pretty open about the fact that Atletico Ottawa is a stepping stone. You know, he's only 25. He only just turned 25. Uh, did he just turn 25 or just turned 20? Just turned 25, yeah. So... You know, if he gets a call from somewhere and, you know, maybe League Two or something like that in England or, or some other like higher level, uh, he's going to go. And I wouldn't uh, and I wouldn't begrudge him for going. I just hope it's at the end of the season because, you know, losing such a key player half of the season would be would be devastating. And um, if a team yeah. is willing to pay, you know, we could do the thing where we activate the, the, the extension on his contract and then gives that leverage us leverage to sell him rather than him just leaving for free, you know. So who knows? Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's a good point. If he actually. keeps this up, we're not seeing him past past the next off season. That's that's a damn sh- that's that's a given. So we'll see how it turns yeah. out. Yeah, let's ship him off to Wrexham. He can go play for <laughs> there Ryan. You <laughs> there you go. There you go. Honestly, I would love that. That would actually That'd be, be really sick. <laughs> um, th- yeah. This one's uh, funny as hell. Who who okay. will score the most goals this season? Brian Wright, Sam Salter, or Noah Verhoeven? <laughs> 
Noah Rubin, who just well, scored his, his first professional goal, first, who now has more than his, star striker Brian Wright after five games. <laughs> Bro, the Brian Wright memes are on fire right now. Sorry, seven games, actually. That's right. Even no context, York United, yeah, both of the, the 007s. Yeah, the 007. Zero assists, seven games. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I hate to show uh, Brian Ray, but you had to know this was happening when you leave for York. Well, <laughs> you had to know this well, was going to happen. It, also, also that. Yeah, I, I replied with the old uh, trade alert. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, I get Noah Verhoeven. You get Brian Wright. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I mean, I'm not even going to include Brian Wright on this list. I think that, I honestly think that Sam Salter's going to put a few more bangers in this season. After this performance, I'm confident he's going to definitely put some more. Put some more chalk on the board, um, but I think Noah Verhoeven is gonna is gonna have a breakout, man. I think once he finishes solidifying whatever relationship he's building with Ali Bassett right now, like those two are gonna be just gruesome twosome, man. They're gonna be two peas in a pod, I think, in the center mids, and it's gonna be real scary when they when they go off. Um, so I'm gonna put my money on Noah Verhoeven at the end of the season. I think he's gonna have slightly, slightly more goals than Sam. That's Salter. crazy. <laughs> That's a crazy thought. I hope not. It I, is crazy. To, it's my hot take. It's my hot our, take, bro. Our, our, our bought and paid for striker scores more than more than our midfielder, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna be close. I'm just putting my money on Noah mm-hmm. Verhoeven, which you know, again, is a completely hot take <laughs> for this podcast. So um, we managed to play Forge well despite some chances. How well do we feel facing them moving forward? I guess we are just talked about that. I don't want to talk about that again. I don't want to talk about Forge. Um, I, I only feel good playing them yeah. away. <laughs> what do we call this? One's, this one's great. What do we call it when both Verhoeven's Verhoeven score? The double V special? V squared? What do I do with all these Verhoeven's? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Both um, score, what do we call it? V for vendetta? V for vendetta. I I'm you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna lean into our belang nature in Ottawa. I'm gonna call it the, the Duble Bay. Oh my god, I love that so much. I'm gonna think of that. Because it's also That's the W. So I'm gonna good. <laughs> the dub. So, oh my god, this is perfect. Everything. The stars align. The stars align. Yeah. So I'm gonna call it the double V. That's it. Um, that's, so that's we the hit. Tweet. <laughs> that's the tweet. That's the tweet. So we we hit that this season or this game. I'm really hoping we're. I, I, I say I'm really hoping. I honestly think we're going to see more of that. I think we'll see at least one more before season end because God, the both those guys when they're on, they're on. And I just I loved seeing it. I loved seeing how happy their family oh, yeah. was. Like it's just it was a fair it was a fairy tale, man. Like you go and you play a game in Vancouver in in Langley near where you you know, grew up or your family lives. Like they can all come to the game and then to see both of them yeah. score. In that game, I was like, "Ah, uh, uh, can we just uh, play all just of our home games at Willoughby Community Park? That would be great." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so great question. Uh, I think there was a DM on Twitter, but awesome. Um, all right, Johnny, I'll hit you with the last yeah. one here. Here we go. After Pacific dominated again yesterday with a four-one over York. Yeah. Well, pop, pump the brakes. You're beating York four-one. That's not dominating. We can't say that because we lost to York. <laughs> Shut up, Johnny. <laughs> I do. I wanted to clown them so hard, but I knew it was going to come back and be like, are you, that's not you talking. Not 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 the team that gave them their only win of the season. That's not you talking, is it? Yeah. 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 Let's not talk about it. But it was on a set piece. All right. It's not our fault. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So do we think we can beat both them and Forge to protect our regular season crown? Um, 
And it is a crown. It's actually an award for those of you listening out there that are like, it's a piece of cardboard. Officially, it is an award that the league is retroactively yeah, it's a giving. Piece of cardboard. So. And it wasn't even retroactive at the time because they announced it before the season finished. I don't want to get on that again. But it's but anyways. Exactly. Yeah, it's a piece of cardboard. So fight me. Fight me. Fight me and Johnny. Plate, so fight us. Um, anyways, yeah. um, I don't know. Like I said earlier in the podcast, I don't think this 5-0 is indicative of anything other than we're clicking a little bit more. I don't think it's it's... Like I said, I don't think it's a complete watershed moment, a turnaround point, but it's it's a turnaround point sort of inwardly as far as, okay, this is what we're like. <laughs> it's something. It's, it's something. something. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, the, it yeah. doesn't get, it's not, it's not the type of, of performance that makes me say, oh, we can beat Pacific and Forge easily because of what we did just there. But it's enough of a performance to say, okay, we can, we're not going to get 4-1 again. In in at yeah. least not in such a pathetic fashion as we did. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it, it it sets us up in a way that I think we were all worried about two games yeah. ago, being like, oh boy, here we yeah, go into exactly. a season where we're just gonna be very close to the wooden spoon or wooden yeah. spoon after a domin- uh, dominating the the competition yeah. last season. Yeah, so I agree. That's a that's a that's a that's a that's a good take, Johnny. Yeah. That's a good Measure take. T- I I try to be the the good cop to uh, your bad cop. <laughs> The voice, the voice of reason. I mean, you could, you could, you could tell from our pictures and the the podcast promos. It's always like you're like arms folded, serious, and I'm like yelling my fucking head off. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, I, love I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's um, great. Good mailbag. That was a good. One. Yeah, it was a great mailbag. Everyone, awesome, awesome, really, really good. Speaking questions. of everyone, they had two watch parties in a row. Um, they we both did have lit. two watch parties in a row. Um, yeah, man, like I, I miss going to watch parties at the mm. GCP. It's honestly one of the biggest things I miss about living in Canada and living in Ottawa is going to the watch parties because it was just awesome to go on a Wednesday night and get like, you know, get a bit lit with the the boys and boys and girls and, you know, folks from CCSG mm-hmm. and just like have a time, watch the team. I think there was a concert going on or like live music going on. And I guess the, yeah. I saw in the chat group, they were like, yeah, there's live music going on, but the other side of the bar is going to be the, much The louder. other side of the bar is <laughs> the noisy like, side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the, it's the CCSG side. And I mean, I get it. Loud, it was a scored loud. five goals. So, yeah. I mean, when you've got that group popping off, that room yeah. popping off, you know, every 15, 20 minutes or so, it's. Yeah. Meanwhile, the band's like, can you guys please be more quiet? <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to play music over it. here. <laughs> Yeah, so, so it's good. If you haven't been to one, you should definitely check one out. Um, especially speaking of, oh yeah, he, speaking yeah, of, yeah, exactly. Great there we go. This Sunday, we are away to Calvary. <laughs> Seven p.m. Uh, is the time of the game. Get there a little bit early, as as you, anyone should, to make sure that you get a seat. You should. Um, speaking of Calvary, would you like to hear? I would you like to hear our historical head to head against Calvary? We already yes. know we have their one, number. One, one, one small reminder for those of you going to the watch party, make sure you mention that you're CCSG yes. to your bar yes. staff because, you know, we want to obviously continue to be partners with the mm-hmm. GCP and it's really good for us to and do that. I know they're bringing out numbers for these. They're rolling out the red there carpet if we, if we bring the numbers. So next opponent, Cavalry FC. Hit me with the stats, Johnny. I'm ready for the stats. In, in eight total games against Cavalry FC, we have six wins, one draw, and one loss. Ah. <laughs> uh. Ah, uh, that's so last good. season alone. Obviously, we played them four times. The, we had that sustains we had me. Three that wins me. and one draw, with uh, a total goal undefeated. differential of eight goals for and two goals against. 
Oh, plus six GD. I just, I love that. I uh, love that. And also, we're notorious for just dummying them at Atco Field. <laughs> yeah, last season, two uh, games, the 3 0 and the 3 1. What is it? What does Marco call it? The. <laughs> The, the, something really rude the, I bet <laughs> yeah I think it's like the the, the shitty horse yeah, track something or something like that, like, that. like <laughs> I love it I love it so yeah it's uh you know we're playing Calvary um I think we we've we've, we've built the team uh, and by we I mean Carlos has built the team to be ready to beat them I think that that's the next step yeah. for us because obviously we just crushed VFC mm-hmm. and they're not they're not they're not worthy they're not all that. of us. Um, but, but they're not worthy of us. But right Cavalry now. historically um, are. So it's true. It's, I mean, we're being a little cocky right now, but we deserve to be cocky <laughs> against Cavalry. If there's any yeah. team in the league we can be cocky against, it's this one. So we, I think, we should expect yeah, a win here, and we need a win. We need it desperately for just the trajectory of where we want to go with our season, and we also need it to show that we can do what we did against Vancouver against a team of a, of an objectively higher caliber. Yeah, I I would agree with that. So um, hopefully by this time next week, we are talking about another victory. We're talking about another Puska's bicycle kick. <laughs> <laughs> another another Poznan yeah. moment where we can just stop watching the game. <laughs> so yes, this game's uh, Sunday, May 21st, 7 p.m. Go to GCP to watch it, get there a little early. Um, there will be a pregame hot stove as there is before every game. Heck on yeah. Saturday night at 7 p.m. Those are always lit. They're great. Um, obviously, this isn't is at home, but for future games, you can still buy tickets in the dub. Go on our website, capitalcitysupporters.com. Um, I think this is like a last the ch- w. The w and the little ticket on the corner. I think this is like a lot. The club tweeted it's like a last chance to get season tickets. And I mean, that's understandable. I mean, after like three or four games at home, I don't think you can really get season tickets anymore. So if you want them, get them now. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not even cost effective. So don't bother. <laughs> you should. And honestly, tickets in the dub for the yeah. season, especially if you buy them through the CCSG dub link, are very worth affordable. It. Worth it. Um, yeah, and they're and they're super yeah, worth exactly. it. <laughs> uh, keep on the lookout for Patrick Gibson doing the player ratings articles and Joe, you know, doing the week in review articles. They are fantastic, as you could tell through this episode. I use Patty Gibson's uh, player review article. Yeah, a lot. yeah, his review his reviews are really yeah. good. I read it earlier yeah. today. So yeah. I'm using both of these fellas. Um, their writings a lot in our content. So go. Uh, read it because it's fantastic they put a lot of work great kids very talented look out for their stuff yeah um we have new designs Definitely. in the shop all the time oh speaking yeah. of designs actually my wife told me this so uh she works with a, an american here in latvia and apparently uh, he's just a big sports fan and he's decided that because his co-worker's husband runs this podcast with mm-hmm. you that he's going to support Atletico Ottawa. He's from he's from Colorado, um, which is sick because I was like, "Yo, Drew Becky, mm. Becky's," uh, but but he's from Colorado, so he's decided he's going to support us. So he actually went and bought a jersey, and then went on the CCSG site and bought some CCSG merch. Incredible! So just guy who's never watched us play before in our Incredible. lives. And my wife's like, "Yeah, of course." See, like ATO is the best. And I'm like, "We are the best." <laughs> so we're recruiting even over here. Not me, CCSG my wife. CCSG worldwide. <laughs> we're wide, wide, wide. I mean, we 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 do have a fan group in Japan that's that still runs a Twitter lit. account, which is lit. hilarious. ATO and also mysterious. Forever. CCSG forever. As we said, hopefully this time yeah. next week we're we're going to talk about how we beat Cavalry. Patty. Yeah, we are going to talk. Been about a pleasure. It has been a pleasure. It's Th- been it's this been a one's a long pleasure. one, but you know, it took a five nil win for us to give another long one, and I think it's worth every second. So. 
<laughs> I completely agree. It's uh, it's like I told you earlier today. Being tired at work. Over here.